Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals. All thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Kia Carnival GUV and Toolmart, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. Yes, New Zealand have done well, actually, in the World Cup uh, T20 match at the Gabba in these last couple of overs. They were staring maybe at a... Uh, chasing a toe about 180, but they picked up a couple of wickets. Josh Butler fell for 73, brilliantly run out by Kane Williamson, and then uh, Harry Brook was out for seven. Ben Stokes and Sam Curran have come to the crease. We've just seen a six hit with uh, only one ball remaining. In fact, three balls remaining, and... It's now five for 172. Five for 172. And, of course, Ben Stokes just smashing the ball over long on into the crowd for six. Okay. We're going to do this every Tuesday. Go into the WA Sporting Vault. Okay, we've opened the door. I've gone into the vault, and I thought, as we kick off Sports Day here on SENWA Drive, is to look at uh, the early years of the West Coast Eagles. And it was interesting that in the fact that in four years, the first four years of the West Coast, they had three coaches. As we know, Ron Alexander was the inaugural coach of West Coast in 1987. He was then replaced by AFL Football Hall of Famer and one of the legends of the game here in this country, John Todd, in 88 and 89. And then all of a sudden, in 1990, it was Mick Moldhouse who took over the reins, uh, the Victorian, looking at uh, the coaching aspirations at the West Coast Eagles. It was a pretty traumatic period, both on and off the field. And I thought in our vault segment here on this Tuesday, we relive those early days in the coaching stakes of the Eagles. And joining us is John Todd on the program. Hi, John. How are you, Peter? Is there any money in the vault? <laughs> <laughs> How did you go in the Melbourne Cup today? Uh, no, I uh, I didn't. Well, I didn't have a bet. I just watched the uh, the race. But uh, oh, look, it's uh, stop for nation. It does, doesn't it? Yeah, it's a, it's a great. Great race and, um, you know, uh, a worthy winner. Always a worthy winner, Peter. John, let's have a look at that period, as I mentioned. I thought I'd focus on the West Coast Eagles in those early years. Firstly, uh, those early years were pretty traumatic for West Coast off the field, weren't they? At one stage, the club looked being on its knees and possibly not even continuing because of the financial state of affairs. Yeah, that's very true, Pete. And uh, look, if it hadn't been for the waffle to hand up their licence to 
make it possible for the West Coast Eagles to join the AFL. Um, and look, there was a lot of promises that w- was toing and froing in that period. They put a, a team together, a squad together very, very quickly. And uh, I think they allowed us to have 32 players, which was, wasn't a lot. Uh, so, yeah, and Ron had the first year, and look what he went through was it followed on to me the following year. Then when Mick arrived, he got all the pleasures of going to Subiaco Oval, all the comforts and and uh, being a football club. But those first three years, were, we were gypsies. We were all over the place. We we never had a home, really. Mm. So, uh, But still, I think it's a good character building for a lot of the players and uh, it always helps sometimes to suffer a little bit before you achieve a bit. John, did you feel, even though you took over from Ron Alexander, he was hard done by to maybe lose the job after only one year? To be quite frank, I I, uh, was very surprised because um, I was appointed coach. I was going to South Australia to coach. I'd already uh, made a commitment to go to South Australia. And then at the 11th hour, I got a call from the West Coast Eagles that they wanted to have a chat to me, so naturally I went and had a chat. Uh, the only thing that disappointed me with the Eagles initially, Peter, was that I didn't get an interview, um, and that, and I was a bit disappointed about that because my record prior to that coming into the Eagles the formation of the Eagles was, you know, okay, better than okay. Let's put it that way. So. Uh, Anyhow, they uh, rang me at the 11th hour and I'm not sure what transpired. I have no idea. Um, I know that Ron was replaced by myself and uh, and so uh, life went on after mm. that, unfortunately. Saying that, as you said, uh, when you look at it, maybe John Todd should have been the inaugural coach of the West Coast Eagles, of course, of what you achieved at Waffle level with South Fremantle as a coach, East Fremantle, Swan Districts, uh, it was just impeccable. It really was. Saying that, when you were due to fly to Adelaide to sign with the South Australian National Football League Club, Woodville, was it because of the offer or you had a gut full with what was happening here in WA because you missed out on that job in 1987, thought you'd try your luck somewhere else? Well, we've we've never been a professional state. I've always said that, Pete. You know, I think we can do better, and uh, and unfortunately, you know, I I felt it was a slap in the face, you know, not being able to uh, have an interview at least um, after all the service that I'd given Western Australia, and I'd have achieved. You know, I was all Australian coach in '83 and '84, and. Uh, won premierships and so you know and I just got a little bit uh, annoyed about um, how the West Coast Eagles handle that um, I don't I'm not even sure whether they put an application in for the coaching job I'm, I have no idea but uh, anyhow I think Ron was the favorite in the end because this is what happens and people don't think beyond uh, so, sometimes they just don't think about what happened prior and what's going to happen in the future. But Ron was captain of the Mantle that last year going into the uh, inauguration of the AFL. So that probably put him in the running to be the, mm. 
the inaugural coach, I would imagine. So that's all I can say about that. Who gave you the call, Toddy, before you were due to fly to Adelaide to say, we need to catch up? Where did the call come from? Uh, it came from the commission, mate. From the commission? From the commission. Anyone in particular? Well, getting back, uh, it was a corporate body at the moment, at that time, Pete. You know, it was the Eagles were run, run by corporate people. And Bill Kerr, I think, was the person who rang me. I'm not sure. I'm not 100% sure about that. But um, I think Bill Walker might have had a little bit to do with it mm-hmm. as well, but... He was pretty annoyed about what I just stated about not getting an interview, and uh, so uh, so I think he may have had a little bit to do about at least getting an interview uh, at the eleventh hour. So yeah, all, look, it was all a bit up and down, mate. Mm. Not a lot of thought that went into it initially, but. Uh, well, Toddy, I know you're a man of your word and certainly you believed in fair play. You always played that way and you coached that way. But in your first senior coach or first senior year as coach of West Coast, you took him into the finals in 1988 and you lost the elimination final to Melbourne by two points. Was that an overachievement or do you think they were primed to play finals in their second year in then the VFL competition? Uh, you don't overachieve, Pete. Uh, when you achieve something, you know uh, they uh, look. We had a we back then. It was the top five, mate. You know, mm. it was only top five, so we finished fourth. And uh, and if you can keep a squad together, which we did that year that I had them, there wasn't very few injuries, and we couldn't afford to have them anyhow because we only had thirty-two players. So they were out there each week and um, they developed a, a, a bond that was, uh, they were prepared to put their, to do the hard work and they did a lot of hard work when we were travelling around. Like our our property man was out of the back of a, a van, mate. Mm. Like he'd pull up and we'd get all our Guernseys and so forth out of the back of a van. They'd pull out the... Uh, Rub down tables in the open air, and uh, and we uh, we were trained at ovals that were just not suitable, really. But we had to try and you know bring a group of guys together that were from all other uh, WA clubs, which was in a matter of a short period of time. Mm. And that, if people can understand how difficult that was, because they'd all rock up in their cars, get out in their car train, hop back in their car and go home. And you had to break down that sort of uh, uh, mentality of uh, still being waffle players. They were AFL players and they had to all start to realise that they were. And there was... So, yeah, that was difficult. But uh, one thing I learned about that, Pete, was that the Victorians are no better than us. Yeah. Interesting, the second year... Uh, you finished 11th on the ladder, only managed seven wins, 15 losses, and you missed out on the finals. Uh, How did you surmise that year? Because all of a sudden then uh, people were questioning whether maybe John Todd was the man to take the Eagles uh, forward. How did you handle that period where it was pretty difficult, but not too dissimilar with I know what you did with Swan Districts when you went to Swan District under John Cooper, who was the president then, and uh, the yep. club was going nowhere. And in the end, you're given a bit of time. And, of course, in the early 80s, the rest is history. Premiership, premiership, premiership. Yeah, sure. 
look, once again, it was uh, we didn't have a lot of players, as I said, on our list, and we were struck down by injuries. Laurie Keane broke down, uh, Phil Scott broke down, Johnny Worsfold had a, a problem, uh, and it was... So we were battling, you know, really to field a team consistently each week. And uh, so we we did struggle for that reason. Like, if you can put your, when you think 32 players to try and get you through a year, it's pretty difficult. Right. So what, what, and look, we had to, um, you know, do something about that, Pete. It was like, our squad really wasn't going to carry us too far anyhow. They were trying, they were, you know, Ross Green Denning retired that year. And uh, so what actually happened, we had to rethink about how we're going to go about building West Coast Eagles. And I know they came to me and had grand ideas about going to get a name player and whatever. They had no money anyhow, but they were going to go out and, you know, get the signature of a top player, which doesn't work. And and I did make the suggestion to them that to build up our squad, why don't we just put all the players that are still registered AFL players onto our list for one year, and at the end of the year we delist them and go into the draft. And uh, and so we picked up guys like Browning and Ellis and uh, Higgins and... Um, many others that were still uh, young Barry Cables, young Blake, mm. um, and Geary. All these players had played AFL football. They were still on the list, but it was going to cost the West Coast Eagles nothing. They all had accommodation. They all had jobs. It was just a matter of they were going to be sleepers on our list so uh, we could get through and then go into the draft the following year. Um but what actually happened was we had so many injuries, we had to call on these players that were there as sleepers, mm. sleepers only, and people mm. just couldn't understand what we were doing. And, and so, uh, once again, uh, people just uh, formulated an opinion about uh, the team, like, as it's just been happening of late with the West Coast Eagles, you know, you, you run into a few problems and it's hard to overcome those problems because of lack of um, personnel. Yeah. So, Tony, but, when, uh, did, when did you realise, when did you realise that maybe you weren't going to be coaching the following year in 1990? Did you get uh, an indication or were you caught blindsided when they decided to dispense with oh, yourself I, and I go think, with Malthouse? No, I, I think the writing was on the wall, but, uh, you know, my policy has always been, um, you know, sit down with the individual, lay your cards on the table. If you're changing direction, that's fine. Uh, but corporate people don't operate that way. They go behind the scenes a little bit, as the West Coast Eagles did. And I think Malcolm Brown rang me. He said, I think you're in trouble, he said, because they're interviewing Mick Malthouse. And I said, oh, well, you know. Uh, so that was the first uh, inkling of something was going to happen. Mm. And uh, as it turned out, you know, uh, Mick was appointed. I read that in the, in the Western Australia. 
Yeah. <laughs> you read it in the uh, West lovely. Australian that Mick was being appointed. You hadn't been told officially. Yeah, no, no one came to me and told me officially. They just uh, what a disgrace. I read it in the, on Monday's paper that Mick Mulders had been appointed coach of the West Coast. Eagles. So what did you do then? Did you make the call? Did you front somebody saying, what's this all about? Well, I had the media chasing me all over the place for interviews, which I thought this was going to get out of control. So I just uh, backed off and... I had the media sort of camp outside my house, mate, you know, mm. and uh, it was was just, as I said to him, I, I, I have no money, I don't owe you any money, I haven't murdered anybody, and you'd think that, uh, you know, uh, the way they went about it was a bit over the top, but uh, anyhow, uh, that's how it happened, and I was pretty annoyed about that. Naturally, so John, when you finally point. had a chance to speak to somebody about the way this was handled, and from your reports, it was handled appallingly. Who did you speak yeah. to and vent your frustration and disappointment on the way it came out? Who did you speak to? Um, I, it would have been Bill Kerr, I think, yeah. because he was uh, he was the man in charge. But uh, anyhow. Uh, the message was out well and truly before I had a chance to speak to them or them to speak to me. And the way they went about it was that it, they had a leak, but there's always a leak when there, and there's always an excuse, Pete. Yeah. Uh, mm. Instead of dealing with the people that should be dealt with. And, and it, look, it still goes on today. I mean, to say, it's, it's a real sad situation in the coaching ranks like, Ratton's just copped it mm. just recently. And you can go back through time, and there's a lot of coaches that uh, they're lot, they just don't get called in and sat down as human beings and saying, you know, we're going to change direction for these reasons. And the coach would accept that um, if things weren't going the way it should have been. Toddy, uh, just why, before you go on. That, that, well, that hasn't been rectified since the year dot, mate. Yeah, exactly. Can I, just before we let you go, I'm going to change tack completely, and it's been really great to have a chat to you regarding that period. Uh, John of High Wickham has yes. sent us a message on the temperate bedshed text machine. says, ask John, how was Kevin Taylor like to coach? <laughs> <laughs> look, he was... Uh, look, I, I only had him for a short period of time, and... Uh, as it turned out, uh, Jared Neesham wanted to go to East Fremantle and Kevin Taylor, we thought, was an equal swap. East Fremantle ended up in front, mate. Fair enough. Toddy, I love talking to you. Thanks for spending uh, our time. You're the, my very first segment here on the Sporting Vault. Uh, looking back at that period in the early years, became uh, a bit of a coaching uh, circus in some ways. Three coaches in four years at the West Coast Eagles. Stay well, Toddy, and I'll keep in touch. Thanks yep. for your time. Good on you, Pete. Take Good on care. You. John Todd joining us. Uh, there you go. Found out in the paper that he'd lost his job to Mick Moldhouse. I'll bring you up to date with the cricket. Uh, New Zealand are about to bat. They got to go at nine runs per over, and England made six for 179. This is Sports Day with Peter Vlahos. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.